Hi, I'm Emma. And I'm Jenny. And this is Have You Heard Of. It's the podcast where two best friends finally hold each other accountable for all of those pop culture recommendations that we keep giving each other. It's my pick this week, so we're talking about Desperately Seeking Susan. Hell yeah, we are. But before we begin with that, I have a couple of uncharables to share. So these are things that don't really require an entire episode or um, can't really consume in the same way as the other things we're talking about. Um, So the first thing I'm talking about is the website Roll20.net. Do you know this website? I do. Yes. I love this website very much. It is a great place um, for a lot of Dungeons & Dragons resources. And it's been especially rewarding and great during quarantine. Um, As I'm in a couple campaigns, and one of them we're pretty high level right now, and there's a lot of intense fights and stuff and battles that are going on. And a really cool thing with Roll20 is that you can um, have a... A battle map pretty much online and it's a grid i did not know world 20 this is not what i thought it was keep talking <laughs> what did you think it was i knew it was dd okay this is so dumb i thought it was like you know how you have websites where you can like if you don't have physical dice you can go onto like websites and they'll roll dice for you yes Yes. Is this also a part of Roll20? They, they could also do that, yes. Okay, because I can't find my D20s right now, and so we were talking about doing D&D, and I was like, cool, I don't know where my dice are. <laughs> Good thing I yeah. have internet. Continue. <laughs> you can also do that on there. They're, they also have resources if you're looking for like any spells. You can um, search it specifically by level, by class, by like if it's a ritual or not. You can look up different monsters. You can look up every single class and be like, okay, what do I get at this level? And it's a bunch of information. So if you don't have a player's handbook, if you if you Google anything that you need to know specifically about like fifth edition, you can find everything on Roll Twenty pretty much. Is it just D anD D, or do they have resources for other popular RPGs? Because I they do have it for other ones. I know they have. Yeah, they do have it for Pathfinders and a okay. couple other ones. But I I really only know the fifth edition okay. stuff for it. Um, but. Like I was saying before, the the grid system is amazing because you have, um, you can have player tokens that only each player can be in control of, and um, you can like move your character. So you have if you have a spell that's only thirty feet away, and because we're not together with quarantine and social distancing, you can't say yeah, of course I'm thirty feet away. Yeah, I, I go up to them. It's like no. Like some of the fun things with D and D is that if you need to get to someone and you have a forty foot movement and they're forty five feet away, that's so frustrating. But it's part of the game and it's exciting. So having a visual representation of what's going on. Um, they also have really cool tools where you can have a measuring tool so you can actually see how far away you need to go. One of the best things is for auras. So like for paladins who have an aura that can give you saving throw bonuses and stuff, you can actually give a character an aura so you can visually see if you're in it or not. Instead of in real life, you have to like count and do all those other things and be like, am I 30 feet away from them? I need to make sure that I'm that close. You can visually see it and it's so great. They they do have a roll counter on there. They do have, um, you can play music through it there you can have speaking and your video as well we tend to use facebook chat a video chat and then use roll 20 but having not being able to be together but still visually seeing players moving around having ambiance music and um all that stuff is super cool also it's 
in some ways it's actually better than a physical map because you can have so much more on it. Like we've been having competitions that are huge and battles that are bizarre and we can't actually visually see all of that and if just one map, but when you put it on roll 20, it could have so many different layers and it's great. And I love it very much. Uh, so that's the first one. Definitely check it out. It's pretty cool. And then the second thing is Dole Whip. Because yes. Dole Whip is amazing. It is the best. I love pineapple. It is so delicious. And me and Emma, when we went to Disney, had a lot of it. Emma would always get the swirl with the vanilla ice cream. You can cream. tell that it's really good because I actually historically do not like pineapple at all. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> I think pineapple is a gross fruit. Um, it's too too much of everything. It's too sweet. It's too tart. It's not it's sticky. Um, <laughs> but Dole Whip. Dole Whip is very, very good. And so Disney released their recipe, quote unquote recipe of Dole Whip. And I've been making it at home a lot. And it is so good. It is so refreshing. I just had it before we started recording. I'm so I, I tend to make it... Um, more like a smoothie consistency because it's really hard unless you have an industrial or really professional looking like blender to really blend the pineapple. Um, it gets too thick and doesn't really work really well. So I've been making like Dole Whip smoothies and it's the best thing after like going for a walk or doing right now it's a bit warmer out and it's so refreshing. Nothing beats having it in the parks and having it right there. However, this is getting me through the days, man. It's so good. <laughs> um, so yeah, if you want to make dough up at home, if you go to the Disney Parks blog, I believe that's where it is. the recipe is posted. Um, they don't give exact like brands you should use. Um, one thing to mention, they say a scoop of ice cream. I know that dough up is actually dairy-free, so use dairy-free ice cream. Um, if you want to get the real taste. Disney park accuracy. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. And I like to be accurate with Disney stuff. So, yeah. Anywho, that is me. Now to That's the so movie. Sweet. Oh my god, I'm so excited. This is one of my favorite movies of all time. Um, I discovered it during a feminist film theory course in university. And it oh. was so delightful because it was a very good course. It was one of my favorite film theory professors. I took several of her classes. And this class was like all very grim and depressing films. Mm. Um, and then also Desperately Seeking Susan, <laughs> which is a fairy tale. Um, and I love it it's so, so much. It's so fun. It's, it's so carefree and also extremely well thought out. Like they give you all of the information that you need to know. Each detail is sewn in so nicely. All of the characters are to me like, even though in their extremes, totally real people, and I love them so much. Mm. Um, and then I, I own this film. I watch it at home all the time. It's like my sick day movie, my Sunday movie. Mm. And I also got to see it in theaters last year. I was playing at the Lightbox. Oh, um, okay. Okay. But, like, no, it wasn't even a big anniversary. They were just playing Desperately Seeking Susan, and I finished work at 9, and it was starting at 9.20, and the theater is definitely, like, 40 minutes away from my work at the time. Oh, no. And I, but I was closing a cafe, and I have never closed so quickly. I got there 15 minutes early and just, like, went flying into the theater. <laughs> and I was like, I'm not missing this event. Also, again, I go through myself a lot. So this is me. It was just me and my chocolate croissant, because I didn't have time to buy popcorn, so I bought a oh. croissant at work and was like, 
I love a co- oh chocolate croissant right now. Oh, so yeah. good. I also like going to the movies by myself it's because nice. who needs anyone? If I want to see a film, I'm going to go see a film. Exactly. Exactly. Um, had you heard of it before? No, not in the slightest. I remember when you told me, I was like, what? Who? Despli- what? <laughs> like, never I was like, you were like, oh yeah, this is the one with the Amish folks. And I was like, no, <laughs> that is not this movie at all. Which I appreciate you listening to my passions and interests. This is not the Amish movie. I, hon, you talk about so many movies. I they know. get all jumbled up in my mind. I talk I, about I, the Amish movie a lot also, so I'll allow it. Which I still haven't seen. <laughs> it, you're going to. It's happening. Yeah. Um, so... Uh, for those of you who don't know, uh, and also it's time for production notes with Emma, Desperately Seeking Susan came out in 1985. It's directed by Susan Seidelman, yay, female film directors, uh, nice. written by Leora Barish, uh, both who have continued to do work mainly in independent film. Susan Seidelman especially did a lot of work. Um, a lot of her early filmography is about New York in this time period and trying to capture that like punk rock economic downturn vibe that New York had at the time. There was, like, a lot of crime and an economic collapse in this city in particular. Um, and I feel like today this movie is both kind of best known because it was Madonna's film debut. Yes. Um, and what I love about it is that it's... They filmed before Madonna was famous, and then her album came out, and they were like, this is either going to be really good for us or really bad for us. We don't know which one yet. <laughs> Mm. Um, because yeah, so she finished filming and then her first album, or not even her first album, but like the album Like a Virgin came out and was a smash hit. Yes. Um, and the movie was originally supposed to be rated R and they ended up bringing it down to PG-13 so that more people could go see it because of Madonna. Um, but she's actually like, she's such a good part of it too, where she's not in it that much, but she is the driving force between behind all of the drama and it's she's this enigma that's just i remember like the first time she went like on state not stage this is not a play jenny the first time i saw her i was like madonna is a baller like look at like she's so cool she's and i totally so understand incredible. why roberta's like she's so cool I'm like yeah she is real cool um and if we're just talking about the madonna of it all i think one of my fav- favorite things is that at one point, Susan, her character, goes to a party, and a Madonna song is playing. So Madonna yeah. also exists in this world, apparently. That it's was great. kind. Of, that was a bit much for me. I was like, "This is Madonna," but and Madonna's like leaning up against the the jukebox, listening to the song as it plays, and she's kind of like, she knows, <laughs> like she knows. This is um, Madonna. And so we'll, we'll talk our way a little bit through the plot, but the basic premise is uh, this this New Jersey housewife who is feeling very unfulfilled and reads the personal ads, which aren't really a thing anymore, in the newspaper for fun, and she follows the correspondence of Susan and her boyfriend Jim, who will post whenever he wants to meet up, desperately seeking Susan, meet me here at this time. And Roberta decides to one day go and just see Susan and see this woman that she's become low-key obsessed with, but in such an endearing way. And then while yeah. she's there, she gets amnesia, because that's how brain trauma works, and uh, <laughs> there's a lot of mistaken identity, and missing artifacts, and robbery, and murder, and love triangles that aren't love triangles at all, and it's so good. Yeah, it... You can tell her, like, desperation of, like, reading the the personals and, like, 
desperation, aka like desperately seeking. Like she wants to be desired. She wants someone to love her. This is um, Ro- Roberta. Like wants someone to want her so much, and she's not getting that from her husband. And you can see her like yearning for that and wanting to see like what type of person would someone continuously put an ad in the newspaper to find and how desperate they are to be that and she wants to see like who is this person who's so desired after I want to be her (laughs) I want to be them and so Roberta's world when we meet her is her husband Gary the uh hot tub king of New Jersey he sells hot tubs and his sister what is his sister's name um it's played by Laurie Metcalf who's so wonderful Leslie and the script like this is the thing like this movie is not subtle at all like there's this underlying plot line of someone has stolen a pair of earrings from a museum and they end up with Susan and then with Roberta and some these gangsters are trying to get them back and so it happens that every time someone turns on the tv there's a report about the missing earrings or there's a report about this gangster who's been killed like it's not subtle in the way it delivers exposition but Mm -hmm. it's extremely subtle in the way it shows how unhappy Roberta is and explaining why she is unhappy. So you have this opening scene where it's her birthday and so her sister-in-law Leslie is taking her to get her hair done and she just wants a trim and everyone speaks over her and even the hairdresser while Roberta's trying to explain what she wants he's oh don't worry your husband will like it he doesn't ask her he asks the sister what the husband will want and then it's you show see Roberta's party and no one is talking to her. They're all there to watch her husband's commercial that he has on TV. And it's just, you can just see her her straining to be noticed, but also being so uncomfortable with the idea of demanding anything. Yeah, and like, the there's, a scene, her. there's a scene of her, like, late at night, and she's, I think, watching TV or something in the dark, and then her husband comes by and is like, oh, you know, you could do that in the room, and there's, like, a cake, and he's like, don't eat it all, and then just kind of leaves, and, like... His complete oblivious to his wife's unhappiness, but her not expressing it fully as well. So it's this weird, like, tension between going on. And then later on you see, like, in her diary she's written, and then I proceeded to eat the whole cake. I'm like, yeah, you did, girl. You you deserve that cake. Um, And, like, even, even, oh my god, I love the sister so much, even though she's just terrible. Like, another thing I like about this movie, too, is you could say, like, there's this, this ongoing plot line where after Roberta goes missing, they're like, oh my god, is she secretly a lesbian? And you're kind of like, Ugh, get over yourselves. Like, these jokes don't age well, but I think they still work, because it paints such a good picture of what the Glass family is like. Yeah. And one other line I just love in the beginning, where Roberta is trying to explain to Leslie oh, this is why it's so important to me. Like, can you even imagine being so desperate like this? And Leslie says, everyone I know is desperate except you. And it's just, how are you all so blind? And Roberta, who was Mm -hmm. so accommodating, yes, is so desperate for literally anything to happen in her life. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then, so when she, like, lays eyes on Susan, she's like, she's completely opposite for me. Like, she's wearing this, like, really cool jacket, and she's... So super oh like. Oh my god! Can we talk about the jacket? Yes, we can. I so this jacket. It's so funny. In, in planning this episode, I was like, "Oh, this movie's pretty easy to explain. Like, it really goes from point A to point B." And now that I'm trying to explain it, I'm like, "Okay." <laughs> but so Susan is dating this guy named Jim, and she's stepping out on him regularly, and he knows, but he loves her, and they are just that that absolute couple that's. Or that couple that's an absolute disaster. Yes. 
Um, and all of their friends are just so exhausted by them. Like, Jim's in the band, and his bandmates are just like, we don't we don't want to talk to her. Can we please just leave? Because we need to go places, and if you talk to her, it's all going to go wrong. And Susan's friend is so excited to see her, and then is like, oh, God, you just want money, don't you? And Susan's like, yeah. And it's just, like, they're delightful. Um, and Susan has just come from another guy she was seeing in Atlantic City who she has stolen a pair of earrings from. Mm-hmm. And then she finds out that this man has been murdered. Yes. And at the end, she's like, oh, that's really sketchy. So she tells Jim another detail I love where she's like, oh, that other guy I was dating? Yeah, he got murdered. And Jim's just like, oh, are you okay? Yes. How are you doing? Are you all right? And he gets his friend Des to agree to check on Susan if something's in, if she ever gets into trouble. And Des has never met her and is like, oh, this woman, I've heard so much about her, none of it good. And Roberta goes to follow Susan and sees her wearing this jacket. And I want this jacket so badly. I have tried so hard to find like someone on Etsy who's making it online and people like, I know it must exist out there. It's this like huge shouldered green gold glitter jacket with like an animal print collar and the all seeing eye pyramid on the back. And Madonna looks so good in this jacket. It is, oh, who's the designer? Uh, I think it's Sano Loquasto is his name, and he is a fantastic theater designer. He's won multiple Tonys. He's been nominated for Oscars. He works a lot with Woody Allen. Not ideal. Um, but he did the costumes for the Hello Dolly revival a couple uh, years ago. When I um, saw Broadway, this jacket, and... I was like, Emma could rock this jacket. Oh my god, I want that. I have a similar jacket yeah. where it's the same shape, but I want this jacket yeah. where she just looks so good and cool and... Roberta, like, I, I am just going to explain kind of, like, the basics of the plot so we can talk about other things more loosely, where Roberta starts following Susan. It's so creepy, but she's so, she's not doing it out of any malice or menace. No. She's just like, this person's cool, and I want to look at her from a distance. <laughs> like, and so she ends up, Susan ends up selling the jacket to a pawn shop, not even a pawn shop, like a vintage clothing shop, to buy a pair of boots she sees there. And Roberta takes a chance to buy the jacket so that she can be more like Susan and ends up with Susan's key to all of her luggage. Yes. And that's when we kind of get into the rest of the plot. So that, that sets the stage of that Roberta has this key, Susan wants her jacket back so she can get the key, um, yeah. and they each have one earring. And because um, that jacket is so like identifying for Susan, that's when Roberta gets people start confusing her for Susan, and that's pretty much the whole basis of the plot, is that people keep thinking... She's her, and she because she fell and forgot everything about her life somehow. Um, but it's <gasps> she's the so 80s. Cute. It's just, it's how it goes sometimes. That's just how it works. And then but she's... when you get hit again, then you remember because science, I don't know. <laughs> oh my god, Jenny, I am going all over the place. I never even finished all of my production notes. Can I just talk a little bit more about how this movie got made? I feel like this is going to be such a rambling episode. Dude, it's not going to be anything as rambly as the Rat Race episode <laughs> Let me be honest. I know, where I'm like, I'm trying to have a fun, chill conversation, but I just love this movie so much, so I've never been chill about anything in my life. Um, yeah, so Madonna, not super famous yet. Um, I love Rosanna Arquette in this role. She is so delightful and charming and funny. Like, she's got a great sense of physical comedy, and I miss her so much. She hasn't done a ton in the past couple years. Um, do you know anything about Rosanna Arquette's career? Nope. 
Um, we won't go into it too much, uh, but she is one of the women who has made accusations against Harvey Weinstein, who basically blackballed her in the 90s after Pulp Fiction came out, which is one of his kind of crown jewels at Miramax. Mm. Uh, so she was big in the 80s, 90s, um, has not done a ton since, but now that we're in like a, so not a, a post-difficulty world, but in a post-Weinstein world, she's starting to bounce back a little bit, which is very mm. nice. She's also part of the Arquette family. Oh! Um, so... David Arquette is her brother. Oh, nice. And she was related to all the other Arquettes as well. Um, and what I, like, I just like so much about this movie. So it, it, it bounced around a lot with a different, a few different actresses attached. Like Diane Keaton and Goldie Hawn were both attached at one point. I think Melanie Griffith auditioned. So all of these big 80s actresses, and mm. then Rosanna Arquette, who's just so young and fresh-paced. And, and again, like physical comedy, so good. She plays... When Roberta loses her memory, she plays like, hmm, what? No, I would never. What? So well. And it's so good. You remember anything? I don't know. How'd you get here? I don't know. Do you remember what you had for breakfast? I don't know. You are Susan, aren't you? Susan? You don't know. We, you said, like, these big stars were originally supposed to be cast, and I kind of like that, like, Madonna, even though she wasn't, like, super popular then, she was still, like, a singer, so you could see people wanting to be her because she had this, this enigma you to her. You watch this movie, and it's not surprising at all that Madonna became Madonna. Yeah, and then they cast someone who wasn't that as, like, the biggest 80s star ever, because if they did cast someone like Goldie, Goldie Hawn or something, it would be strange to see her pawning over something when we know that's Goldie Hawn, like... Exactly. Right? So I, that was Goldie a good Hawn, I miss you too. Please come back, yeah. Goldie Hawn. Sometimes um, she's, she chills on the island because I think her son is, like, a hockey player or something, so they are, we're a lot of times... Wait. In... Is she Wyatt Russell's mother? Oh my god! Oh my god! Of course! Okay, sorry. I just realized that Wyatt Russell is the son of Kurt Russell and Goldie Hawn, and this makes so much sense because he's blonde and looks like both of them, and used to be a hockey player, is now an actor. He's in a great show called Lodge 49. Oh, of yeah, course. yeah, Of course! Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Of course he's related to them. Of course, of course he's their son. That makes so much sense. Thank you for helping me put all those pieces together. You're welcome. That's what I'm here for. <laughs> um... Nice. <laughs> right? Uh, yeah. I have Goldie Hawn. Um, and like I said, this movie. I don't. I wish I had my notes from my class. I don't remember any of the you know film theory notes that we would refer to. But it really is just a great movie for women, and I think it does a really wonderful job of you know showing the ways women can be unhappy and unsupported in their lives, regardless of circumstance. Like Susan is is so scrappy and. It's such a cool girl, and her life is very glamorous, but it does not shy away from the fact that her life is also very grim. Like, she has oh, no yeah. money. She's always broke. She has nowhere to live. She, Her friends are exhausted because of all of the favors she asks. Like, she keeps everything she owns in a suitcase and then accidentally gets stolen. Um, but she's so cool. Like, and so and That's you can thing. see, like, the appeal of her to Roberta, who, like, is, is very affluent and part of this Fort Lee upper echelon but again is just unsupported has no friends her husband does not listen to her her husband is cheating on her her only friend is her husband's sister who does not respect her 
and she's so lonely and I think this movie just captures the ways that women are unheard really well and then like when at the very end of the movie you don't see Susan and Roberta in the same room until the very end of the movie what am I doing with my arms right now I'm just like pinching my arms as we talk I'm making chicken wings um like Susan and Roberta when they do connect even though there has been so much strife do just see each other and are like we're gonna be friends and it's such a good feeling it's really interesting how each of like both Roberta and Susan kind of want what the other person has and as like Susan on the outside looks super cool and like has this really exciting adventurous lifestyle but then there's like crime and like stealing and you like you gotta kind of get glimpses of maybe she wasn't the best person like they get kicked out of a restaurant they all these things not she's so selfish and terrible and i love yeah and then for susan on the outside you would see she has this beautiful house she has a husband she has money she has nice clothes and but on the outside uh, but on the inside she's sad and she doesn't feel wanted and it's that kind of feeling of wanting to see the other side and a lot of times in Hollywood like they pin like females against each other of like well they have this and they have this and all these things and it's like near the end they come together and they're like no like we're both our own person but we can develop and take aspects and change who we want to be not because we want to be them but because this is what I want to be you know and and it's, it's two scenes that are very painful for me but you have a scene where Susan having lost her jacket like already has nothing but now doesn't even have her 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 one suitcase of stuff yeah and Roberta shows up in the city having in a thrilling turn of events posted her own personal ad to Susan desperately seeking Susan I have your key meet me in the park signed a stranger Mm -hmm. and I just love the moment too where Susan reads it because she's so mad that she has lost her stuff and then she sees this and she's so excited to meet this person who knows her. Like you can tell she just loves the the glamour of being known. Mm-hmm. And Susan is so vain and selfish in a very real way that I love that she's like, oh, someone's been stalking me? Thrilling. I love it. Yeah. Um, but then she doesn't have any money to pay for the cab and she tries to duck out on them until she gets her stuff back and ends up getting arrested. And it sucks. Um, and then you have a scene later on where Roberta is being chased by a man trying to kill her while wearing a very short dress, and she goes to the police for help, and they arrest her, thinking she's a sex worker. And it yeah. goes, and then even when she shows up, and when her husband finds out, he immediately leaps to conclusions of, oh, she must be leading this double life, and no one stops to ask her or Susan like what happened or why are they doing these things, and it shows like the way in a in a. In scenes that are built purely on comedy, just the ways that society fails women in distress. Yeah. Oh, 100%. There's also, you kind of touched a bit about the people in Susan's life, and you briefly talked about, I don't remember her name, the girl who is friends with her. Uh, her, her name, name is, I want to say Crystal. Crystal? Um, I really appreciated their friendship, in a sense, as... Like, you could tell, like, Susan's been, like, used using everyone, but I felt like her friend Crystal 
still did it out of pure love and compassion for her. And, like, they're, like, hanging out. And, like, she's waiting outside for her friend. And when she took her keys at first, I was like, oh, Susan's going to, like, take the keys. And, like, they're, we're never going to see this other girl again. But then, no, they're hanging out. And they, like, talking again. It's like, yeah. It's she's like, so want to go to see a movie and just forget about losing your job? It's like, yeah. It's like, yeah. <laughs> friends. I also always, even though I know it's physically impossible because of how time works, I always think it's Drew Barrymore. I don't know if you saw that. I feel like that woman looks so much like Drew Barrymore. I see, I see, I see, I see a little bit of what, like, there's certain aspects of her face that definitely is Drew Barrymore-y, for sure. I feel like you're more up to date on the Drew Barrymore filmography, so I can see why you're skeptical. <laughs> yeah, your face was like, you're, you're wrong. No, I um, had to, like, try to envision what that other lady looked like, and I was like, what? I, um, I guess, yeah, I could see it. Oh my god, but yeah, so, going, going back, like, you with this whole mix thing, I... Roberta buys this jacket and it's so good. She she's really excited to be wearing it at home and kind of excited for her husband to ask about her day so she can say she got this jacket. And he's so his name is Gary Glass, which is a perfect name because he's just yeah. so odious. He's exactly the kind of person who would have a bad alliterative name. And, and just the I got this jacket. It used to belong to Jimi Hendrix. A lie, but you know, go with it. Yeah. And he says, You bought a used jacket? What are we? Poor? That's <laughs> my excellent Gary Glass impersonation. Yes. Gary Glass is an oblivious man. Yeah, like he, <laughs> He's a man. Oh, he's a bad husband in all of the most he's a bad husband in all of the most boring ways. Like he yeah. cheats on her indiscreetly. He doesn't care about her interests. Oh, yeah. He... Can we just talk about that for a second when he's, like, when his sister confronts him that he's having an affair? He's like, we're having a completely respectable affair. It's like, you're still having an affair. True. <laughs> you and your wife have only been married for four years. Get your shit together, hot tub king. And, like, he's just... He just doesn't listen. Like, I, I, it's no wonder Rupert is going absolutely stir crazy. If I spend an hour in a room, I'd have to have my hands tied so I don't throttle him. Yeah, like, it seems like he doesn't care at all. And then he only cares when he's, she's gone missing. And he's starting to realize, like, I'm the hot tub king of all. But, yeah, you may be the king, but your queen doesn't give a shit about you. And she's gone. And he's kind of, like, all of a sudden, like, oh, like, his self-worth is just with people appreciating him and being there for him, and oh he doesn't give anything else to anyone. <laughs> and Laurie Metcalf, okay, one day I am going to make you watch Witness, the Amish movie. Yes. Um, and Harrison Ford's character in that has a sister played by Patti Lapone. And I feel like in this alternate universe that I'm creating in my mind, Patti Lapone in this movie, or in Witness, and Laurie Metcalf and Desperately Seeking Susan are best friends because they exist purely to just drag their brothers and be like, <laughs> you're disasters who don't appreciate women. And it's yeah. so good. She also has that line when they're f- they're freaking out and she's like, take a value like a normal, a normal person. person. <laughs> Laurie Metcalf. I love you so much. Like I, we need to have another ladybird. I want to live in a world where she has an Oscar. I don't want to take Alice and Jenny's Oscar away from her, but Laurie Metcalf should have an Oscar right now. <laughs> and oh my god, I love this movie. Okay, so Roberta shows up to see Susan, who is busy getting arrested, and. So the creep. I don't think the gangster ever gets a name, but he's so creepy and sweaty looking. Yeah, the moment I saw him in the hotel, I wrote down creepy guy. Dot dot dot. Don't like him. 
(laughs) (laughs) He looks so wet. His hair is really thin and, like, sticking to his forehead, even though it looks really brittle. You know what he reminded me of? A combination Mm -hmm. of Creepy Thin Guy from Charlie's Angels and the... The paparazzi from Spice World. Like, it was oh that, like, sense of, like, just damp creepiness. And that sense of being watched, but you're not knowing you're being watched, which I hate. So, like, as soon as he, like, like kind of just looked at <sighs> her. And I was like, oh, no. Uh-oh. I cleaned out under my bed last weekend and then listened to a podcast episode about a woman who is being watched by a supernatural entity, and then I became very afraid that someone was under my bed and going to eat my toes. Yeah. Every day. Um, every day. Yeah. <laughs> this is this is this is why I just shove stuff under my bed so no no ghouls yeah, can get there. <laughs> no room. Sorry, there ghouls. No room for the ghouls. <laughs> I got no books down loud. <laughs> I'm sorry. Got my Christmas decorations. <laughs> um, and then, then we get to one of my favorite parts of this movie because creepy man pursuing Roberta. Roberta, who is all dressed up in her best Susan wear, she's got these little heels on and the jacket and a big bow in her hair. I love her so much. And the guy grabs her. And in the most epic slow motion, she just stumbles backwards and then lightly taps her head on a lamppost and loses all memory of who she is but not her personality which is what i like she's still so roberta and still she's still very second guessy and shy yeah as soon as i saw the guy that comes and rescues her i was like man this is emma's type (laughs) oh my oh my god yeah so So, like i i legit wrote down emma's gonna like this plot point She's gonna like him. Everything from movies to music to, like, the kind of straggly, like, little hair kind of, like, um... <laughs> that, that makes my type thin, like, weird, kind of, like, life. small but fit at the same time. I was like, this is Emma's type. <laughs> yes. So, Jim, Susan's boyfriend, has sent his friend, the recently dumped and brokenhearted uh, projectionist... <laughs> Yeah. Des, played uh-huh. by Irish icon Aidan Quinn. Um, wait, is he actually Irish? Or did I just 100% make that up? <laughs> Sorry, now I gotta check. Yeah, he's Irish. Okay. <laughs> Irish icon Aidan Quinn, uh, who's never met Susan, shows a check on her, sees Rose, or not Rosanna, Roberta being accosted, and clunk, clunk, knocks herself out, and he's the one who goes to check on her. And Aidan Quinn in this movie is the epitome of male beauty. I was listening to a podcast that I will not name. Um, it is one of my favorites, but they were doing an episode of Practical Magic in which Ethan Quinn is the love interest. And in this podcast episode, like, the whole premise is that like Sandra Bullock is destined to be in love with Ethan Quinn. And these hosts said, of all of the men in the world, why would anyone be destined to love Ethan Quinn? And I got so angry, I had to turn the podcast off and do a little walk around my room. <laughs> because, and like... He's great. He's great. In, he's great in practical magic. He's very handsome. He's a cop, and he loves Sandra Bullock, and he helps her get away with murder. It's awesome. Um, and he supports witches, so, like, I'm into it. But Des, there's a scene where he's, like, all sad and heartbroken and wearing, like, a cut-off black t-shirt while holding a cat in a hammock. Oh, like, that scene? I was like, Emma's dead currently. That's why she likes this movie. <laughs> <laughs> I, like, 
like it for a lot of reasons. Uh huh. This is a very large part mm-hmm. of it. This is a, this is one of the main ones. Yeah. I love Aiden Quinn so much. He's such a good actor. He is great in Elementary. He plays Lestrade or like the Lestrade type mm. in Elementary. Um, and he's so handsome and so charming. And he's also in a TV series called The Book of Daniel, which is extremely funny. And it's about a priest who begins hallucinating white Jesus, who's played by Garrett Dillahunt, also a great character actor. And it's so funny. And I love Aiden Quinn. He's got time. He's got looks. He's got charm. <laughs> you're just touching your chest. Oh, you're yeah. just like, <sighs> I'm just breathing very hard. I love him. Mm-hmm. Um, and I also just love his reaction to everything Roberta does because he thinks she is Susan, who has been dragging his best friend around town for years mm-hmm. and is like, mm, I will not. I will not be deceived by your tricks. And what I love is that he wouldn't be deceived by Susan's tricks. He would have no interest in Susan. He would totally understand why Jim likes her. But if he met the actual Susan, he'd be like, nah, nah, man. <laughs> and then he meets Roberta, who's just like... I mean, she's the epitome of this born sexy yesterday trope, where she's this beautiful little flower that needs help, but he's never creepy about it. He's very much like, okay, like, yes, come stay with me. Okay, you have a postcard with this club. Let's go to the club so you can see if you can remember anything. Yeah. And he's, he, like, just wants to help and be a good friend, and yeah. then also... <laughs> I love how guilty he is, like, with him and Roberta, naturally, because how could you not fall in love? Um... And then he meets Jimmy the next day and it's just like, oh, you know, I feel like you and Susan just like aren't meant to be. And I'm like, you're a bad friend, but I love Yeah, you. I was like, dude, but you, bro, you did this with the intention of knowing that you thought that was your best bro, friend's girl. Bro, you thought though. it was Susan. <sighs> best friend's girlfriend. Um, yeah, so this, this, I have to say also, wet gangster man is so bad at his job. Which I think is part of because he looks so creepy. Like, if he just went and, like, deep-conditioned his hair, he would be way better at this job. Because it would be way easier to, like... And also, he's, like, really intent on murdering them. And I'm like, you just want these earrings? Just get a pickpocket, bro. This could be easier. Yeah. This could be easier. He's bad at his gangster job. Okay, also, Des's apartment is so beautiful. And it's another detail of this movie where... That I saw it, Emma was, I was like, Emma's gonna love this. <laughs> It's so great because I'm out of breath. <laughs> um, <laughs> because, uh, like, you could easily look at it and be like, there's no way this guy who works as a projectionist at a movie theater would own this huge, beautiful apartment in New York City. And I think that's definitely true. But, like, also, his apartment is extremely shitty. Like, it's extremely run down. And, and it's, again, like, this movie just captures New York at such a beautiful and specific time where it is very grimy and it is not the you know the gentrified New York that we know today and so it doesn't really shy away from the fact that his his apartment is I mean I think it's in the East Village like it's in Manhattan which now is you know Mm. million dollar condos yeah um but at the time it's just him being like well this is it you better like it because that's literally all that i have in the world also my ex-girlfriend took all of my stuff including the refrigerator (laughs) i know victoria dick yeah so he's just like doesn't even have a mattress he has like a pile of blankets on the floor and he's like well do you want to stay here you can have that corner of the empty room um but i love his apartment and i love the the I, i 
it feels weird to say set design because they're filming in actual New York, but like the set decorating of this mm. and set locations they picked in this movie. Yeah. Aesthetically, I thought the movie was consistent, which was really nice. And like, you could definitely feel the 80s-ness of it. I recently watched Pride, one of our favorites, and it's also based in the 80s, but has a completely different style look. So at first I was like, is this like a normal stylish type? But then I was like, wait, these are different countries. <laughs> they have different styles. <laughs> I know. One, one is, one is broke-ass Wales. Yeah. And one is New York City. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's so vibrant. Like, I, I, I keep saying again and again, but it's 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 grimy and glamorous at the same time, which I think is what this movie is going for and does mm. so successfully. Susan Seidelman has such a good directorial eye. And Roberta and Des keep going on the hunt, trying to find her memories. And she al- keeps almost crossing paths with Susan, who is kind of also on her oh, tail. Yeah. Because Susan's trying to get her stuff back. And by chance... She, Susan, connects with Gary. Gary Glass, the hot tub king of New Jersey. And so she goes, and then, so then we do kind of like a princess and the popper switch where she goes off to Roberta's house with Gary to discover more. And meanwhile, uh, Roberta takes over and starts working at a magician's club. Yes, Where okay. Susan's friend works. <laughs> I have a couple of thoughts of what you just okay. said. One, when... Um, Susan is now at the Glass family and they get high and they're like chilling on the couch. I just want to say their dining room, their table, did you notice the middle of the table? Like there was a, a, a selection in the table of pretzels, gummies, and Reese's Pieces. And I was like, this is the height of luxury when I saw that. I was like... Oh my god, those are high quality snacks. And I like, specifically Reese's Pieces. Reese's Pieces? Specifically. And it would look like they had a table and it was like cut out and then you can put stuff in it. And they just had that. And I was like, wow. They just had a pick and mix in their living room. That's amazing. Also, I would not have the restraint to not eat them all at once. The hot tub money. Oh. Oh my god, but the hot tub money would just keep you in luxury. I know. Um, second thing is her starting to work at the magic place. About, like, around this time, I was starting to get a little, like, okay. <laughs> why, though? <laughs> why Why would you show up and be like, yeah, I want a job, sure. And it's like, uh, honey, no, like, if I didn't know anything about myself and I all I got was a little postcard with this, I wouldn't be like, I'm going to start working here. Obviously, it's not connection to you because they don't know who you are. And it was kind of bizarre. I did love the aesthetic of her running around with the cage of doves. That was fun. <laughs> this is why we people. If I walked into a magic club and they were like, hey, do you want to be a magician's assistant? I would drop everything. This is another <laughs> part of why this movie appeals to me. I love magic so much. Magic is great. And magic is amazing. And obviously these are not good magicians. But again, if I walked into a magic club and they were like, hey, it's 20 bucks a night, I'd be like, mm, this is the 80s and inflation. Um, so now today I would like more money than that, please. But I would absolutely be like, yes, I will. Yes, I will wrangle doves and get sawn in half. It will be thrilling. I feel like this is my calling. I feel like my particular brand dramatics would lend itself yes. so nicely. 100%. You would rock I would lo- it. I would love to be sawn in half. I could wear a wig. I could scream. I could kick my little feet. My big feet. <laughs> my big feet. It'd be great. See, like, I'm such a wuss. And 
I'm paranoid. And there's so many aspects of what was happening that I was like, I'm terrified. How do, how did you, because I know you hate, like, one of your big thing is being, like, someone taking your identity or, like... Oh my god, I hate, like, evil twins or being falsely accused of a crime or people not communicating clearly. Like, it depends on what the genre is. So if we're supernatural, then I hate shapeshifters. If we're in this, like, when... Actually, even this time I watched it, when Roberta gets arrested falsely for solicitation, I had to fast forward because it's just so stressful that, like, people won't believe you when you're in trouble. That's what I was thinking because there was some, like, for that, I was like, Emma's probably freaking out. Or, like, even the fact that everyone thinks she's this other person and, like... I Which, feel like, like this doesn't bother me because, okay. like, it's it's a weird, it breaks my brain a little bit, but, like, it, it is so frothy. It, it's got this, like, Princess and the Popper or Prince of the Popper type vibe where they've switched places, not... Oh, okay, okay. That makes more sense. Not taking one another's places. Yeah. I don't mind it as much. That's good. So I was watching this and I was like, oh, no, Emma's probably freaking out, like, oh, God! <laughs> I've, oh, this is also, like, the tenth time I've seen this movie, oh, okay. so at okay. this point, I've got it down to a science. You know what's going but, on. But no, I was watching it, and I was like, oh, shit, she's gonna get arrested. Frick. And I had to fast forward. Yeah, that was, and, at um, first I was like, why is she getting arrested? I'm a little confused. And then I was like, oh, people are the worst. Ah. People suck. <laughs> and then she, she, she knocks, she gets arrested and knocks her head again, and all of her memories get knocked back into her head. Because that's how brain trauma works. Mm. And she tries calling Carrie, who's just getting high with Susan. And I love that moment of her just being like, oh my god, why am I married to this man? And it's such a good realization where she's just like, yeah. you, you don't even care that I'm gone. No. Aside from the fact that you're embarrassed and then you found a cute girl who will flirt with you so she can use her bathtub. Yeah. <laughs> Which, like, I mean, same, it was a very nice bathtub. I'm still confused why Susan went to his house. I feel like Susan just went because Susan doesn't have anywhere to live and was like, okay, this milk toast man, Geary, I could take him in a fight if I have to. And then he's the hot tub king of New Jersey. I, w- I love hot tubs. I love hot tubs. That, that's true. I guess, like, she saw, like, she had kind of the upper hand as this guy was desperate trying to look for his wife and there was a connection. She's like, hey, you have a and house. And she's also trying to find it because Roberta's got all her stuff. Yeah, that's true. Very true. Um, another one I hear parts is that Geary and Leslie looking for her again only looking for her because they're embarrassed that if someone finds out she left or went missing it will reflect badly on them and meanwhile susan starts off as being like oh i saw my stuff back and then finding roberta's diary and being like oh your wife didn't leave you your wife's just incredibly depressed and is in like obsessed with me because she's so bored i want to be friends with her yeah and just the like the fact that she's the one who figures it out and is like it wasn't even difficult i literally just read her diary and I've learned about her as a person, and I know where she is. Oh, yeah. And it's just, it's, it's girls helping girls. Girls helping girls is always good. And I like that, like, near the end, they're like, we're in it together. Like, even though, like, been in the same room together, technically, like, they know they're instant friends. Because they both realize, like, what they want is kind of, like, a combination of the two of them. And they're like, yeah, we're cool. We're gonna be ourselves. The finale of this movie is also one of my favorite tropes of, like, the everything coming together and Mm -hmm. everyone finally being in the same room. Like, I feel like when you, like, it happens more in TV, but when you have your ensemble and they're all, like, it was Stranger Things where they spend the entire season all investigating their individual plot lines and they come together in the finale. Yes. And it's so satisfying to see the way things tie together and so you have Des who has fallen for Roberta 
and told Jimmy. So Jimmy thinks that Susan has been sleeping with Des and is very hurt. And then they think that Susan's going to be here. And then they go to the magic club where Roberta is working. And now she remembers she's Roberta. And then Susan is there looking for Roberta. And Jimmy sees Susan. And Des is like, that's not Susan, that's Susan. And Jimmy's like, I don't know who that is. And then Susan is there with Gary and Leslie and Leslie's boyfriend, the dentist. Oh my god, we haven't even dentist. talked about the dentist. The dentist makes me laugh so hard every <laughs> single time. He just is there. <laughs> such an off-putting man and the only thing he ever says about Leslie is she's got great teeth it's so terrifying <laughs> also I love like I'm, I, I have a mixture between love and confusion of how even though after Roberta remembers who she is she's like well I committed to a job I gotta go do my job now <laughs> like oh. she knows who she is but she's like I gotta go work sorry <laughs> But the end of this movie is so exciting when everyone is there and just yelling and confused. And then the creepy, damp man shows up. I was going to call him the Wet Bandit, and that is the wrong film. <laughs> um, but the creepy, damp man shows up and is trying to and get out of just to get the earring Roberta has. And he still thinks she's Susan. And then he takes Susan hostage to escape and is like, wait, what? And then Roberta saves her and they just see each other and know, and obviously Roberta knows who Susan is, but Susan sees her and it's like, Roberta, stranger. Yeah. And then they save the day. I, I, like, during the, like, fight when he was, like, trying to, like, take her hostage, I was like, what is the setup of this building? Because they, like, go down an alley, kind of, and then they go up something, and then they're There's still on the first machine. floor. And I'm like, where? How did they get there? But I, like, yeah, like, Madonna, like, she, like, goes through and then she just sees Roberta and she's like mouth like help me and Roberta's like I'm ready to go bam head injury all no over this movie asked. I know what this is like and the creepy man's just like hello <laughs> um it's so good and it just captures this feeling I also just recently watched Take This Waltz uh the Sarah Pauly movie where she plays a woman who is very dissatisfied with her life in a way she can't articulate and starts falling in love with her neighbor even though she's married and, like, they, it's about their, you know, never physical but very emotional affair and her just uh, deciding whether or not she's going to leave her husband. And it's a very good movie. It's it's very melancholy, so I, I can't wholeheartedly recommend it to you. Um, though if you are someone who enjoys good films, I suggest checking it out. But, like, after having watched that movie about an unhappy woman, seeing this one where it captures all of the same emotions and little grace notes in Rosanna Arquette's performance, but in a fun context about her finding what she's looking for yeah. and finding what's going to drive her of, I'm going to get this job that is sketchy and terrible, but it's mine. And yeah. I'm going to move to the city, even though it's sketchy and terrible, but I'm going to be there. And it's so good. And seeing Susan, who has fought for everything find someone who thinks she's cool which I think is all Susan wants Susan wants like to be adored and who can blame her yeah because <laughs> she's Madonna yeah <laughs> and it's just so satisfying and I love the last you see of Gary is Roberta explaining what happened to him and him being like oh my god that's so horrible get in the car and she's like no you're not listening to me you're not listening to what I'm saying he's like don't worry don't worry and even when she says, I don't want to go with you, he's like, fine, I'm leaving in five minutes. And she's like, okay, bye. Like, I'm not yeah. coming with you. And it's it's so good. It's just Roberta learning to stand up for herself in the quietest of ways. Yeah. I love it. And the music is fun. Um, 
Thomas Newman did the score. He's a really well-known director. He's been nominated for so many, not director, composer. He's been nominated for so many Academy Awards. I feel mm. like he finally won this year. He was nominated twice this year for Marriage Story and for 1917. Um, yeah, like this movie is just so, every part of it is so fun to me. And then Des and Roberta end up together. So that's also great. Um, and it's just nice. And it's even like Jimmy at one point is kind of hopeful that Susan's going to settle down. And there, there is no indication in this movie that Susan has any intention of ever calming down her life. But she really likes Jimmy, too. And Jimmy yeah. really likes her. And it's just, they work and it's good. <laughs> Yeah. Um, yeah, that's just really seeking Susan. This is, the, I, I, I cannot recommend this movie enough if you haven't seen it to go watch it because even though we just told you everything that happens, there are so many one-liners. Like, Laurie Metcalf turns in a great comedic performance. John Turturro is there. I mean, he's not hugely funny, but if you like John Turturro, he's there. Um, <laughs> he's the owner of the club. And it's just a good movie about getting things you want in life. Yeah. And I guess uh, one other fun fact I wanted to share. Have you heard of the movie Three Identical Strangers? Nope. Okay, then this is going to take a little more exciting. Um, <laughs> Three Identical Strangers is a documentary that came out a couple of years ago. And it is about um, this man who went to university and got there and everyone started calling him Eddie. And he was like, my name's not Eddie. And they're like, weird, you look just like this guy in mm. who also goes your name, Eddie. And they found out that they were... Uh, twins separated at birth uh -huh. and they had been adopted out and they became like a minor news sensation and uh then this guy was reading the newspaper and was like hey these two guys look just like me and turns out they were actually a triplet separated like, yeah. at birth um and the story became a minor pop culture sensation and so madonna was really into this story and so they have a cameo in this movie um in one of the scenes when susan's walking out of a building and you see three triplets be like uh, yeah, they don't yeah. say that, but they all look at her and kind of like, mm. is that um, them? That's that's them. Um, I was confused. Okay, that makes more sense because when that scene happened, I was like, they lagged on that scene way too long. Why is there around like three guys? I was so confused, but that makes more sense. I love Madonna and uh, Rosanna Arquette so much. Also, do you know the song Rosanna by Toto? I don't know, maybe. It's a great song. It's by Toto. It's about Rosanna Arquette. I just found this out today. Oh! <laughs> um, it's a great song. I'll play it for you later. Okay. It's it's Toto's other song that is in Africa. But she used to date, I think, the drummer? And so it's a song about her. And it's extremely Aww. cute. Um, and yeah, that's best really seeking season. What a good time. Good time. Yeah, a lot of time. Should we do the star um, chart chase? Yes. This movie is a five stars for me. Um, of course. It, it brings me so much joy. And now I am nervous about how much you liked it because I feel like I've spent the most of the hour talking <laughs> and your comments were snack related and <laughs> Emma's crush, celebrity crush related. <laughs> did you enjoy this film? I did. I did enjoy this okay, film. Okay, good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Don't, don't panic too much. Um, yeah. So, um, oh yeah, I also wrote down somewhere in my notes that 
I can't walk in heels. So everyone who was walking in heels or running in heels, I was like, wow. The heels um, are so pointy. In I know. Um, so yeah, this is the first time I've ever seen this movie. Um, my first thoughts for most of the movie was like, this is fun. Like, I, I go back and forth between older films. Like, I'm a big fan of good, like, quality as in, like, HD type thing. So, like, older movies have, like, a different quality. But sometimes I really like that, though, because, like, if I watch, like, Ferris Bueller or something, I feel warm because it's, like, an older film look. You can tell that it's film. Yeah, and it has a completely different feeling in my in my heart and in my mind when I watch it. Um, so I could definitely see the era that it was. Um, there were definitely some moments that stressed me out um, about like being followed, and like I said, like about ha- when she got the job, I was starting to kind of lose interest a little bit, but I was still like, I don't know what's going to happen next, which was really exciting. Um, unfortunately for me, because this happened with John Carter too, I don't see the 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 chemistry between the two people. Oh, I don't know. No, I, think- I, I, I think it's a Jenny thing. I honestly usually don't see the connection between the two love interests. I just... I I think it's because within a movie that's only spans a certain length of time, I feel like things take should take time. And when it happens so fast, I'm like, I find it's surface level like it's not like super deep in a way I don't know oh, Anywho. that's fair it, it works really well for me because like it is just this moment of of Des when he thinks that she's Susan has been like poisoned against her is not the right word because certainly Jimmy loves Susan so much but having heard mm-hmm. of all Susan's antics is not inclined to like her at all but yes. he he meets her and she's in such distress and he's never creepy about it. He's always just like nice and there to help. And then yeah. he just thinks that she's funny and smart and he gets kind of annoyed, but she's very, he can see how sincere she is. And he's just got such good little heart. There's this tweet from a couple of years ago. I don't remember who said it, but it's like the only thing a man has to do in a movie to be a successful love interest is know how to look at a woman properly and Aiden yeah. come and like absolutely does. And like, Rosanna Arquette is so sweet. You can just see her falling for him. And, like, she tells him... The, and also, she tells him the truth right away as soon as she gets her memory back. And he's like, oh, Susan, you're so funny. Yeah. Um, and she's just like, okay. I mean, we'll figure it out eventually. They just have this very lighthearted, like... They just have, a, a, to me, a very nice, easy chemistry of people who just find each other very attractive and get along mm. well and are willing to be together and then learn more about each other. And it's very charming yeah. to me. I, I just... That's it was like the first time they kiss. I'm like, that was random. Okay, I guess they kiss now. I came out of the blue, like, but I'm that's that's a Jenny thing, um, and so there's that. Um, but um, overall, I gave the movie a four out of five. So it's pretty <gasps> Whoa, good. Whoa, I'm so excited! I thought it was gonna be a, th- a tight three. No, it was between, so originally it was between either a 3.5 and a 4, but hearing, because I always, like, I, when I rate, when I give my stars, I always have a range, and then after we discuss, I decide which range, which side it will be on, because I feel like once I talk about something with, with you, I learn more stuff and I see your excitement for things or you bring up other points and that will change my opinion on the film. So that's why I always have like a range. Um, so that's why I went with the four because 
I can tell how much you like it. And you brought up some good points of, like, how important it is and how they, like, kind of showed how, like, women were treated in the 80s and the importance of the film and stuff like that. Um, I will probably watch it again sometime. Like, it's not, like, my first on the list, but it's something I could definitely see some rewatchability in it. Um, as someone who likes to rewatch films. Um, and I also have to give credit, like, I couldn't have given it any really lower because my internet started to not work very well near the end. And so there was, like, long periods of time when I had to stop and, like, i watched something else and i go back and, like, try to watch oh, it. So yeah. I think it, like, broke up kind of the flow to it a little bit. But I, the, when I said I kind of started to lose interest, that was before that whole thing happened. Um, but I definitely... It was definitely a fun film. And I don't want to be in any of those situations. So I'm glad it wasn't me <laughs> for any point. Uh, but yeah, so I gave it a four. I'm so excited. Um... And one thing, too, that I think is kind of funny is to me, like, this, this movie to me is, like, just the right amount of length of it, it meanders and you get a little more insight into each mm. character and then, it, and then it wraps up pretty quickly. But there was a, it was actually supposed to end, it, the last frame of the film is Susan and Roberta being rewarded for having returned these stolen earrings. But it was originally supposed to be with them being invited back to Egypt to return the earrings yeah, and then they yeah. climb the pyramids together. Like, I'm glad they didn't do that. <laughs> um, and then apparently for, like, this movie is too long. And Susan Solomon was like, oh, okay, we'll cut the pyramids. Which, well, like, I think is good. Because I think the movie is such a love letter to New York also. But to end it somewhere else would be yeah, to end it in the spirit of the like, film. They're giving them back, which I'm all for, like, giving, like, things in the museum that belong somewhere to their place. But then you climb their pyramids, which I know was not allowed. So, like, I wouldn't have liked that. So... <laughs> I'm glad Isn't that the way not allowed to climb the pyramids? No, people have gotten arrested for that. Oh. Aren't oh, they're like lied to me? Did they? Well, I could maybe I'm wrong, but I know people have been like arrested for like climbing them. Because oh. they're like oh. ancient artifacts. You can't just like here's the mausoleum. I'm gonna climb it. Like it's it's a thing. <laughs> you can't just climb them. Also, this, like, this movie was just such a perfect perfect timing for me, and the first time I saw it in between, I think it was like Mildred Pierce and Working Girls, not Working Girl, Working Girls, um, which are both excellent films, uh, but Desperately Seeking Susan is so fun in comparison to them. <laughs> yeah, it, it's definitely a fun movie. And then I do have a, a little game for you. Okie dokie. I meant to text you because this is definitely, we might have to cut out some dead air, but I forgot. Because, well, I didn't forget. I thought of this game at 530. <laughs> um, I was thinking <laughs> okay. about it all day. Um, but one thing is this movie couldn't exist today because personal ads aren't a thing anymore. Mm. Like, Well, there's the personal ads on Craigslist. Well, I feel like the bills aren't even, like, I mean, they are probably still used, but, like, so you had the personal ads of, like, single white male seeking mm-hmm. so-and-so, blah, 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 or in this case, that's probably seeking Susan, and then you have, like, the Craigslist misconnections, which were, yeah. had, had their heyday a while ago, which are probably still in use. I just don't go on Craigslist anymore, because I'm not apartment hunting and not job hunting and mm-hmm. have other things to do with my time, but I feel like now it's kind of, like, dating apps have replaced them. But mm. if someone were to write a personal ad 
desperately seeking Jenny, like, how would they describe you? Like, if someone were to describe, oh. like, because it's like, oh, single, white, female, blah, blah, blah. I don't know. Like, how would you describe yourself? Like, how do you, what, what, what is what, your identifier? What would I write if I was searching for someone? I was like, or if what? you were searching for someone or if someone was searching for you? How, like, what, how would you describe like, yourself? Like, as in if someone saw me and they're, like, misconnection type way? Or as in, yeah. like... Well, I always have, like, a resting sad face. They're probably, like, blonde sad girl <laughs> walking, to, walking to downtown. Um, <laughs> walking along the reservoir. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, like, what, what would your misconnection be if someone saw you? Um, like, nowadays, because I go on a lot of walks... It could be like, um, short, blonde, hair girl, wearing a fanny pack, <laughs> walking along. She said hi to my dog, and she looked very happy, but she didn't look <laughs> at me. <laughs> um, wanna go for a walk sometime, or something like that? <laughs> That's very cute. You did very well under pressure. Thanks. <laughs> Did you read, I used to read Misconnections, but they were always never as sweet and always creepier than I wanted them to be. Did you ever read them on Craigslist or anything? Um, I remember there was like a, like what you're saying, there was like a, a fade of, or a fad, a fade? Fad. Fad? Uh, fad or phase? There was a phase <laughs> when that was just something we looked at. I remember Uvic also had something, you remember when it's like things you've overheard or like Misconnections yes. of Uvic. And so that was always... I remember looking at some of those before, and I do remember reading the ones on, like, Craigslist, like, oh, saw this person, and I, like, missed connections, and I know if I ever saw something, I'm like, would that be me or not? I would never do anything. I would never write any of them, but I do remember them being pretty creepy, like, just anything, like, like especially, like, in the newspaper, like, looking for la 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 la, because there's still the personal ads in the newspaper, but they're slightly different now. I remember not that long ago, like, when I was in high school or something, I would look at the back and see what people like they most of them were like jobs and stuff but there was also like a little section that was like personal ad and they were usually were like looking for like a walking group or something but there was always was like looking for someone who's young I'm like oh god <laughs> it just reminds me of pop-up <laughs> ads like you know like when you're trying to like find something online and it's like look for these people in town like looking these for you like, and cuties no no no, no. no. I just want to watch this thing <laughs> please when I used to live in Yellowknife and I would get targeted ads and be like like sexy singles in Yellowknife and I was like there are none this is a false <laughs> ad <laughs> yeah. there was only one and it's me yeah um we have mm. we have our one our one friend who is six foot ten and I remember in the UVic group he would pop up a lot of just like saw this guy who was really tall and be like yeah that's him yeah know him he's a great guy <laughs> he will not respond to this message <laughs> he probably has not seen it yeah um, well I feel like there's so many things online now that if you're looking for someone, like, it's so easy to find their information and, like, figure out who it is. Like, I saw someone on, like, at, like especially if you're at UVic, like, so many people are part of things on Facebook. You can... It's so easy to find people these days. Digital footprints. Yeah. Go off the grid! Ah! No. My personal ad would be, tall woman in large jacket, you were yelling loudly into your phone and did not notice me, because I'm always on my phone in public, even on public <laughs> transit. I, everyone must hate me, but I hope that my oh. stories are at least entertaining. I'm usually pretty, pretty funny, I think. Yeah. I think. Or at yeah. least I'm loud. <laughs> That's the same thing, right? Yeah, I mean, I feel like 
we're both loud, but we're only loud when we're with other people, really. Because, like... Like, when, I, when I'm on the phone with you, and I'm, like, that, I'm on a walk, or I'm on the phone with my sister, yeah. I'm just like... Bah, bah, bah. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. That would be my, too. my ad. Yeah. Remember that one time someone told our friend, like, got mad, a bus driver got mad at our friend for being on the phone? Oh my god, I forgot about that. And then also we were talking and a man, when we left, turned to you and he's like, I know everything about your life now, maybe don't talk so loud on the bus. And I was we went like, to the, to the and what about it? <laughs> it was also the bus driver who we got off the bus and was like, maybe tone it down girls next time. Yeah. I, this is just very revealing. We're just telling stories about people we've annoyed in public. Um, yeah. Oh my god. When I went to go see Cats. I love this someone, story already. <laughs> have I told you this story? I don't know. Maybe. Oh my god. It's so embarrassing. It's so embarrassing. Okay. So I went to see Cats with a group of friends. And we got uh, uh, quite sloshed. And uh, it was a good experience. It was like opening night. So it was like the reviews had come out, but it hadn't been like all the like memes about seeing cats were out yet like yeah. it was just it was like we were in kind of a bubble it was a pretty empty theater and we consciously were like we're gonna probably heckle a little bit we'll sit in the back row and people were sitting all over the place and then two guys sat right in front of us and i was like bro the theater is empty and then they did get up halfway and move which was humiliating we were all very silent after a while after that because we were very embarrassed oh no turns out one of my friends was really nervous because she actually knew one of the men in front of us okay and so I couldn't figure out why she kept sitting, like, a hand in her shoulder. I was like, what are you, her head in her shoulder. I was like, what are you doing? And she was trying to avoid being recognized um, until the movie started. And then the next day she was like, I didn't tell you, but I actually knew the person sitting in front of us. This is his Facebook status from last night. Oh, and his no. Facebook status oh, no. was all about how he sat in front of a group of loud, boisterous, drunk women and cats. <laughs> And um, how he was getting really annoyed until we all started clapping and singing along to Mr. Mistopheles. And he was like, and honestly, in that moment, it was magical. They were so enthusiastic. And I was like, damn right we were. I'm a delight. <laughs> um, it was a very nerve wracking reading the first half of that status where he was like, they were so annoying and so angry. And I was like, I was not angry. I was having a great time. You just didn't understand the sarcasm yeah. happening. Um, but then we did, we did win him over because he also started clapping along when we were in the theater. Yay! So. That's actually, yeah, I have had a, a... And then I hated that also because I don't like realizing that I am perceived by other people in the world, but that's yeah. an issue I'll have to work through another day. Yes. Okay. So that's, um, that's a podcast. That's our podcast. Thank you so much for listening. I'm switching into my professional mode because I've got a lot of important things to say. She does um, have a lot of important things to say. You can find us on Twitter at HiHoPodcast, H-Y-H-O Podcast, or you can email us at HiHoPodcast at gmail.com. Uh, Jenny, I'd like to hear from you. We think it's cool. I don't know how Twitter works. I'm figuring it out. Um, we, we're gonna st- we're starting a new thing. We, we have already started by the time this comes out. Mm-hmm. Where we're going to be tweeting out music racks and just trying to interact yeah. with people more. Because people are listening to this podcast. So that's cool and a weird thing to experience. Yeah. Um, we want to share our, our music that we really are into. Um, and genres, my friends, will change drastically every time. Um, but that will be coming out every Monday. So check our Twitter to find out what type of music we recommend. And definitely listen to their stuff because it's great. <laughs> um, thoughts on Madonna? Do you have them? 
Let me know. <laughs> I actually don't really have any thoughts on Madonna beyond this, so yeah. <laughs> I'm curious to hear opinions. <laughs> um, and that one man, when we went into a store last April, and he we walked into a store, there was no one else in it, and he said, Madonna released a new song today, and I'm only playing that on repeat, just so you know. We were in there for 20 minutes, and he yeah. just played that one Madonna song. It, um, oh, yeah! That was true. <laughs> that was a good day. Yeah, and remember to like what you like. Your opinion is valid. As long as it's the same as mine, Aiden Quinn's a hottie and Rosanna Arquette's a babe. Good night, everybody.